Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day. And we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Kyle Rittenhouse vows to make the media pay for what they did to him. CNN is putting its hyper-partisan talent on notice. And an iconic horror movie actress will not be returning to the next chapter of the Scream franchise because of pay. This is Can't Cancel Rob Smith. Okay, problematics. Let's just get right into this. You know, let's start this episode and and, and talk about a little Kyle Rittenhouse here. He's in the news today. Again, I'm going to play you play you a little clip from a conversation that he had with Tucker Tucker Carlson with his lawyer where he's basically vowing to make the media pay for what it did to him. Of course, we all know who Kyle Rittenhouse is. He was the um, is the teenager at that point in time, I think he was about 17 or 18 years old, traveled to a Black Lives Matter protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin, ended up killing two people <clears throat> and <clears throat> wounding one in self-defense. This uh, case became a lightning rod for everybody as as everything happens nowadays. It became super-duper partisan. Uh, if you are a liberal, then Kyle Rittenhouse was a Nazi and a white supremacist who who went to Kenosha, Wisconsin to kill black people, uh, you know, even though none of his victims were black. OK, this is what the left was saying. And if you are on the right, then Kyle Rittenhouse is a bold, brave, young conservative uh, who was exercising his Second Amendment right to defend himself. OK, 
when all of this stuff was happening, you can kind of dig back into some of the older uh, problematic episodes and sort of, you know, get my take on it at that point. When all this was happening, it made me feel very uncomfortable because it felt like, and I know it sometimes seems like I play both sides of things. I, I really don't. Um, but it, it seemed to me that he was just becoming, this was a kid, mind you, a kid that made a very, very poor choice, okay? Because traveling somewhere that is not your home, even though it was like, they made it sound like it was so much further away than it was, something like a 20 minutes or something like that. You know, so driving somewhere that is away from where you live and and sort of arming yourself and, and taking the law into your own hands is, first of all, just a poor choice, period, before we get into any of the other stuff, right? So he made a poor choice, but he made a choice that was perfectly within his rights as American, which was protect and defend himself, because as you saw from that video, those people would have killed him. And that's what we realize now, that those people would have killed him, and it would have been yet another death that went swept under the rug by the mainstream media, as most, the majority of the deaths that happened during the BLM protests were. They were swept under the rug. They, you, you talk to liberals or you talk to people sometimes and you, you say names like David Dorn and, and you talk about that, that poor seven-year-old girl that was sort of, uh, that was killed in Atlanta and people act as if you are making these things up. They act as if these things just do not exist because they did not see them covered on MSNBC, right? So if those people would have killed Kyle Rittenhouse, he would have become, uh, just another statistic, and, and his death would have been swept under the rug. But I was very uncomfortable with, at the time, him becoming this, you know, demonized by the left, but also becoming this sort of Second Amendment icon of the right. And so now Kyle Rittenhouse is fighting back. Like, Nick Sandman before him, these are two young people whose entire reputations and and their names and, and their faces and all of that stuff were smeared by lies. Now, remember, Nick Sandman was the one that had the MAGA hat on that was sort of smiling at the Native American that was beating the drums, right? And so that became a whole thing and a whole bunch of these blue check marks that are employed by mainstream media outlets were projecting all these things onto him. So he's a white supremacist, he's a Nazi, he is being disrespectful to these native culture, all that stuff. And then in the Nick Sandman case, you found out that there was more to that story. You found out that this person, this Native American guy, I believe his name was Nathan Phillips, had a history of harassment. He was actually harassing a bunch of people, but that didn't stop the partisans from the mainstream media from projecting all of their sort of hatred and, and insecurities and all in and, and hatred for Trump and Trump voters and all this stuff onto this kid because he happened to be there with a, uh, a MAGA hat on, right? And so Nick Salmon has also procured a few settlements from these media organizations that called him all of these things that were just not true, right? And I would say that Rittenhouse got it even worse because not only was he, you know, Nazi white supremacist, all of this stuff, they called him a murderer. You know, they made it seem as if, like I said, he went to... Kenosha, Wisconsin, to kill African Americans. He did not kill any black people. It was just a conflation of all this stuff. Well, now he's fighting back. And I want you to listen to what he and his lawyer had to say to Tucker Carlson about how that treatment affected his life and basically what they're going to do about it. Tell us, Kyle, good to see you. 
what action are you taking against the tech companies that made this defamation possible? Well, we're going to make the media pay for what they did to me. They made it hard for me to live a normal life. I can't go yeah. out into public. I can't go to the store. It's hard for me to go anywhere without security. Shoot, doing basic things like taking my dog to the dog park is difficult. So they made it really difficult to be normal, and they affected future job opportunities to me. I don't think I'll ever be able to work or get a job because I'm afraid an employer may not hire me. You know, well, I think that's entirely fair because of the lies repeated for over a year by the tech platforms that are not journalists, they're soldiers in some sort of weird partisan war they're fighting. So what are you doing to rectify this? Well, we're going to be taking well, Tucker, them to court. Um, oh, go, go ahead, Todd. T yeah, Todd, tell uh, us Tucker, the legal action. Yeah. Okay, sure. Uh, to answer your first question with regard to what we plan to do with the tech companies, of course, we're looking at those. And I think the first one that I'm taking a look at is uh, Facebook. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, announced uh, in a videotape that what Kyle was involved in was a mass murder, and that's clearly defamatory as well. Uh, that's not protected by Section 230, the Communications Decency Act. In my opinion, Section 230 allows you to take down you know, violent things or, or you know, things that, that people don't want to hear. But telling the truth about Kyle is not something that Section 230 enabled Facebook to take down. So that's an example of what we plan to do with tech and also plan to do in the defamation arena. And, and by defamation arena, do you mean with so-called news organizations? Absolutely. I mean, as you mentioned some of that on, on the way in, and certainly uh, Kyle was charged with a crime. News organizations are allowed to report on that. But, you know, calling somebody a murderer in certain circumstances can be actionable. Other things that uh, uh, media uh, personalities, people on social media said were clearly defamatory. I think your comment about uh, calling Kyle a white supremacist is made up out of thin air. I don't know how uh, a media can claim that they didn't make a statement made up out of thin air without engaging in actual malice or most certainly negligence. So I think that we have some strong grounds to proceed. Uh, we're looking at, we're starting to look at all those. We're going to evaluate them and look for opportunities to hold the media and to hold tech accountable as Kyle's promised. So Kyle, when you go into public, do people repeat to you things that they saw on social media or on, say, NBC News or CNN? There's been a few people. I've received some harassment, and thank goodness for my security, LT, TC, and Kenny, and Dave, for helping me like not have to get harassed to make sure that they like keep me safe. And if somebody does come up to me, they make sure that they're not going to harm me. So thank God for them. Yeah. Um, and Todd, really quick, how exactly are you going, going to go after Zuckerberg? Well, I think we're going to, we're going to sue A, for the defamatory statements that uh, Kyle engaged in mass murder, and B, for violations of Section 230 by taking down posts that were told the truth about Kyle. So in essence, yeah. they suppressed the truth by taking down truthful posts, and they did that in violation of Section 230. Well, that that, that Communications exactly right. Decency Act does not provide that protection. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. It's, it's not just that they defamed him, but they also took down any defense of him or the facts about him as they did with the vaccines and a million other things. And, and so there's a lot of stuff going on here. I, I think, first of all, you know, like I said, I have to reiterate, you know, I don't agree with Kyle Rittenhouse being, you know, turned into some sort of conservative media superstar and, and being told that this is the model and this is what a real man does and all that stuff. I don't agree with it. Um, I, I think that, 
I have issues with very young people being used by partisans on both sides of the aisle. I literally, I don't agree with Kyle Rittenhouse being used in the way that the right is using him any any more than I believe in David Hogg, who has been used by the left in the way that they use him to be a sort of um, anti-gun advocate. I, I don't agree with that at all. I think it's um, I think it's not something that we should be doing. And and I think it's a little cheap, right? But that being said, the partisans in the mainstream media and the people that smeared this kid's name, they left him no choice but to sort of double down in this world and in, in this life that he's going to be in. And he's a very young person, and he is going to be used by a lot of people. And he's too young to see it. But he will be used by a lot of people that will use him to promote whatever their agendas are. And they're going to use him, use him, use him until they use him up and then they'll be done with him. But like I said, he's very young, so he doesn't see this. But I think that the media companies who lied about this kid, who smeared him as all sorts of things, who left him, like he said, virtually unemployable. He can't do much outside of this now. And obviously, it's going to be quite lucrative for him and a lot of people. You know, he's going to get settlements and he's going to make a lot of money in conservative media, you know, for the next 30, 40 years of his life. But in a way, these media companies, people like Whoopi Goldberg, you know, people like ABC, you know, all the blue check partisans that sort of hide behind their involvement or their employment with these sort of legacy media institutions that are crumbling as we speak. They robbed this person of his ability to live a normal life. And what I think a lot of people don't understand is that this is what radicalizes people. At the very beginning, when you got into Kyle Rittenhouse's social media, and when you talked to him at the very beginning, he's he was like, yeah, you know, I support BLM. And I support you. There's no, we don't really have any idea what this kid's politics were before all of this stuff. But you had better believe that in the circles that he's running in now with all of the people that are sort of getting around him and, and using him to promote their agenda, whatever, you better believe that whatever his politics were are going to take a turn for the very hard right. And that is specifically because of what the left did to him. So yes, he should make them pay. Yes, he should sue all of these people because this is a very new moment in society that we're living in right now. And the only way these people like these media sources, or he brought up Mark Zuckerberg, who had said false things about him and all of this stuff, the only way to ensure that this does not happen again to the next Nick Sandman or the next Kyle Rittenhouse or whoever is to hit these people in their wallets and to make sure that, number one, these legacy media outlets the New York Times, the Washington Post, Daily Mail, etc. And all of these blue checkmark partisans who hide behind the veil of being journalists, because these people are not journalists, okay? These people are partisans, and they see their job as quote-unquote journalists in legacy media is to promote whatever the left's agenda is. So until you make those people start paying for this stuff, until you force these companies to reign these people on social media in 
until you have some accountability. And that's why, you know, Rittenhouse's organization is called the Media Accountability Project, because this isn't just about the Second Amendment. This is just isn't about the right that he had to protect himself. This is the right. This is about holding these entities accountable, because if they are not held accountable, they will continue to do this over and over and over again. And what I think the left and what I think that these people do not realize is that when they do this to these people, to people like Sam and to people like Kyle Rittenhouse, to other people's, even to the average Trump voter who they got sort of drummed out of polite society, what they're doing is they're driving them right into the arms of people who may mold whatever politics that they already shared into something that could possibly be even more extreme. And I think a lot of people on the left should really think about that. All right, coming up with our media day today, CNN has put its hyperpartisan talent on notice. I will tell you about the new changes the incoming president is making over there. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. <laughs> We are about six months removed from the scandal that pretty much shook CNN to its core. Jeff Zucker is out, has been out for a couple of months, replaced by a man named Chris Licht. Chris Licht is CNN's new president, and apparently, reportedly, he is trying to take the network in a less partisan direction. Now, you all remember during the Trump years, Jeff Zucker pretty much ran CNN's reputation as a sort of neutral, maybe centrist news source into the ground. That reputation of CNN exists no more. What happened was, during the Jeff Zucker years, and I don't know if this is because he had some personal vendetta against Trump, what happened was CNN became all anti-Trump all the time to an absurd level. 
Now, everybody knows that Fox has a conservative bias. Fox doesn't hide that. Everybody knows that MSNBC has a hyper-liberal bias. Again, MSNBC does not try to hide that at all. But what CNN had was CNN was somewhere in the middle. It was somewhere where people could go and they could say, okay, we are getting actual news here. Granted, maybe some of these personalities are a little bit more liberal, but, you know, they seem centrist sometimes or whatever. When the Trump years happened and these people got Trump derangement syndrome and Jeff Zucker got Trump derangement syndrome and he realized that Trump derangement syndrome can drive ratings and clicks and conversation in a way that he didn't really care about the legacy of the network that he was running because he was about making money. And everybody was making a lot of money and getting very famous for being hyperpartisan and anti-Trump. It made Don Lemon more famous than he was. It made Chris Cuomo, you know, some sort of progressive icon, but that was until, you know, the the mob came for him for what he was doing. That that sort of flagrant sort of flouting of journalistic integrity. Remember when he got COVID was photographed outside by somebody and then pretended to reemerge from his basement. And this was all he the reemergement the reemergence from his basement was literally broadcast on CNN. That's that's about how much these people cared about the truth during those years, right? So as we all know, Chris Cuomo's out. Um, it, it, you know that direction made Jim Acosta a little, uh, you know, some sort of star to I guess the resistance left. I guess. So he's got this weekly show. That's all these people want is to be hyper-partisan and to promote their agenda, their agenda. Well, apparently, this new president, Chris Licht, has had enough. And this is coming from a article in Axios. And this is what they say. CNN's new boss, Chris Licht, is evaluating whether personalities and programming that, do, that grew polarizing during the Trump era can adapt to the network's new priority to be less partisan. Now, three sources tell Axios if talent cannot adjust to a less partisan tone and strategy, they could be ousted. And apparently he wants to give personalities that may appear polarizing a chance to prove they're willing to uphold the network's value so they don't tarnish CNN's journalism brand. Well, a little bit too late for that. But he says, you know, for on-air talent, they want interviews that don't feel like publicity stunts for producers and bookers. That means that they want to focus on nuance between these issues, which means that they want uh, a little bit more centrist views, right? And so here's the thing. In, in this sort of calls out personalities in particular, like Brian Stelter and Jim Acosta, Brian Stelter in particular who has become sort of a hated target of conservatives uh, because he exists in this world that in which he is a nonpartisan journalist. He, he exists in this world in which he has no biases at all. And of course, we know that that is completely false. He spends a lot of his time on CNN in the Reliable Sources show bashing Fox News. And apparently that is something that CNN wants to move away from as well. I think that... There's generally nothing less interesting 
um, to the average audience than these sort of media wars, right? So these sort of partisan personalities sort of taking snipes at each other and, you know, uh, Tucker taking snipes at, you know, Chris Cuomo and, and Brian Stelter talking about Fox News and all that other stuff. It's generally not that interesting to anybody um, that is outside of this world. But they went all in on that stuff during the Trump years. And so now they have to find another direction. And what I've always liked and sort of respected about CNN is that, first of all, as a news source, as a journalistic outlet, they have more resources on the ground and worldwide than any of these other networks, right? So there is the ability for them to do actual journalism, to break actual stories, to drive the actual news cycle. And by news cycle, I do not mean yet another interview about the January 6th commission that nobody cares about. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I mean, actual news. I mean, whatever's going on in Ukraine. I mean, things that are going on internationally. I mean, imagine if they invested some of those resources into doing actual investigative journalism. Imagine how much better off we would all be, right? And I think this lit guy realizes that. He realizes that, yeah, you know, CNN made a lot of money, made a lot of people famous during the Trump years for being anti-Trump and pro-resistance and all of that stuff. But I think it took... I think CNN's reputation took a major hit. Now, as to which personalities are going to shape up and ship out, this is what I think. I truly think that maybe Don Lemon was a journalist at some point. At this point, he is a polarizing opinion commentator and sort of political figure for the left. This is not going to work for him. You don't go from getting that amount of attention and everybody loves you because you're anti-Trump and you're doing all this stuff and you're saying everything that the left wants you to say all the time. You don't go from that to like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to button up and be a journalist again. It doesn't work because that hyper-partisan audience, and, and by the way, when you attract an audience that is super hyperpartisan, which means that this audience does not want you to give the other side even an inch. When you attract that audience, it's a fickle audience, folks. It is a fickle audience because the second that you say something they don't want to hear, they want to immediately run back into the echo chamber and shut you out of it. I think that's the audience that that the Don Lemons of the world, that's the audience that he has. And he's not going to want to shape up or ship out to become a real journalist again. It's too easy for him to just be a, a, a partisan, you know, commentator for the left. So I think he'll be on his way out shortly. And he'll do something. He'll either go the podcast route. I don't think he'll go to another network. But he'll probably do something independent where you know, his, he gets to, you know, have control of his own voice. And honestly, if I was him, I would do that as well. I would not like for me, even though I have a master's degree in journalism from, from Columbia, I wouldn't want to be in a position where I'm forced to sort of like just give straight up news when I obviously have a bias towards the right. So for me, the way that, that we're going to save media, the way 
that this is going to go in a good direction is that people need to start being open about their biases. Because if not, we're just going to have more partisans pretending like they are neutral when they are not. So will this new direction bode well for CNN? I hope so. I think that as a journalistic outlet, there's a lot of untapped potential there. And I think that as Americans, I think that we're really, 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 really ready to move out of the era of just this hyper-partisanship where nothing gets done, everybody's demonized. And if you don't think one way or if you don't think this way, then I want to go run back into my echo chamber. We're just in a place right now where everything is a cult. Everything is a cult. Everything. There's cults on the left. There's cults on the right. There's the rainbow cult. There's the climate cult. There's all sorts of cults. We need to break out of that and break into free thought. And I think that if CNN goes in this direction, I think it'll do a good part in restoring what is, I think, once was a fairly strong brand. All right, Problematics, up next, let's have a little pop culture fun. The core of the Scream series, one of my favorite series, horror series of all time, will not be returning for the next installment. I will tell you who and why after the break. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Problematics, let's take a break from politics and media for a moment and talk about some pop culture. Okay, so if you know anything about me, I am a huge, huge horror movie buff. I have seen them all. I love horror movies so much. The Scream franchise is one of my favorites, and I've just looked at the heartbreaking news that Nev Campbell, the iconic Nev Campbell, the iconic Sidney Prescott, will not be in Scream 6. So first of all, I'm going to tell you exactly what she said, but this is obviously coming after Scream 5, which was retitled as Scream, which came around earlier this year, which was sort of like a... It's what they're calling a requel, sort of a reboot and a sequel. They brought out a whole new cast of characters, but legacy characters. I was very excited to see that movie. I thought... and, And so my thoughts on the Scream that came out, the most recent one, Scream 5, we'll call it, is that it was definitely better than 4, because 4, I rewatched 4 right before uh, 5 came out, and Scream 4 is actually pretty terrible, to tell you the truth. I just It just didn't work. 
Um, there were some things that worked, but it, it wasn't very scary. And what it was trying to say about social media, I get it. It was just a little, it was a little strange. As for the new Scream, some great surprises in it. I Like, guys, if you have not seen this movie by now, it literally came out like six months ago. And it's, it's free to stream on Paramount+. Plus. So watch it. But I thought that there were some uh, some clever choices that they made with sort of connecting the new characters to the old characters. If you saw, and again, spoiler alert, if you did not see Scream 5, stop right now. Uh, but the lead character turns out to be Billy Loomis's uh, half-daughter. And, you know, it's just like, so that's the connection and all this other stuff. It had a lot of meta stuff about the killers ended up being uh, fans of the the series Stab. That was, it was very meta. It was very fun. I actually had a really good time. There were some jaw-dropping moments that I was actually fairly shocked by, which I was, as a fan, as a viewer, I don't like spoilers. I don't like it when I know exactly what is coming. So, they kept a lot of that stuff very close to the vest, and I did really appreciate that. Um, was Scream Six was Scream Five scary? No, I don't think that these movies are scary anymore. Honestly, I think that they're, I I would almost put them as like comedic thrillers, uh, because Ghostface is is so like he's so iconic, it's not scary, and then also like a knife killer is just not terrifying at this point anymore. So as of right now, they're sort of like horror slasher comedies, which I'm totally cool with. But so. Nev Campbell will not be coming back as Sydney in Scream 6. This is what she said. Sadly, I won't be making the next Scream film. And this is very interesting. This is what she says. As a woman, I have had to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to Scream. I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I had brought to the franchise. And you have to understand, Scream series has made... $744 million worldwide. That's a lot of money. It's almost a billion dollars. And fun fact, this is something that you only know if you're a super fan of something like Scream. The original Ghostface costume, the the mask, they sold the rights, or the person that owned the rights to that mask sold it to the production company. I think that they they pretended to be a show company or something like that. I think he sold it for something like $1,000. And this is a mass that, again, we're talking about, when I say $750 million, we're talking about just the movies. We're not even talking about merchandise, because that costume has been sold millions and millions and millions of times. I thought that was a fun fact. Um, so she says she felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value that she's brought to the franchise. It has been a very difficult decision to move on to all my Scream fans. I love you. I'm forever grateful to you and what this franchise has given me. Blah, blah, blah. The studio's actually being cheap. And it's quite it's quite obvious that that's what's going on here. They lowballed her, right? And it was very funny because if you're a horror buff, um, she did a uh, an interview with Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, they interviewed each other. It's like Scream Queen interview Scream Queen. And, they, and Jamie Lee Curtis talked about fighting to get money to get what she was worth through the Halloween series and all that stuff. So she said that she didn't really start making any money until Halloween H2O came out. And then also, you know, she's an executive producer of that new sort of like Halloween, again, requel, uh, a sequel and a reboot of the franchise. She's an executive producer of that new trilogy that made that has made, there's two out of the three have come out and has made buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets of money. I think it was something like $70 million the first weekend that the first one made. So she's definitely like, you know, she's getting cashed out. All right. 
Uh, but that's what, you know, Nev Campbell said. You know, th- these people, they lowballed her. They lowballed her. And for somebody that is the face of the franchise, they obviously did not want to pay her what she was worth. Now, when I knew that they were going to make a sequel to Scream, a sequel to the reboot, a sequel to the requel, so Scream 6. So when Scream 6 was announced, I was like, I wonder if they should let the new kids take it over for the middle chapter. And maybe Sydney should sort of like not stick around. I mean, she was pretty, I want to say she was an afterthought. And the the reboot, but it wasn't centered on her. Like this, the re the requel, Scream Five was not Sydney's story. Sydney was there to sort of support the new people, and I'm pretty sure that Nev Campbell got exactly what she wanted for that because they knew they couldn't relaunch this franchise without her, and they, the creators have said as such because she's pretty integral to the story. I think that they can probably, if my assumption is this, my assumption is that they're likely making another trilogy. And this is my assumption. I think that a middle chapter can survive without her. But I think that if they're going to close out this new trilogy before they reboot it in another 15 years or whatever, because, you know, the Hollywood loves money. It's a business. I don't know if they can close out the new trilogy without her. And I think that whatever she does for Scream God 7 at this point, she should be like, I'm never making a Scream movie again until the inevitable like I said, re reboot of the series in 15 years after the end of that, when they make a whole new, tr- <laughs> they make a whole new trilogy of movies that pretends as if the first uh, Scream 2 through 7 never happened, which is another thing that they do. It never ceases to amaze me the ways in which Hollywood can bastardize itself to make money. I find it hysterical. Look, I'm a capitalist. We like capitalism here. And, Look, if it's giving people entertainment and people like horror nerds like me who will see all of these movies until the end of time, by the way, more power to them. But I think that, um, look, I think Nev's standing up for herself. I think that she knows what she is worth. And I do not think that she went public as a bargaining chip. I do believe that they will move forward with this next movie without her. They will find some way to explain her disappearance. And what I think is that when they come back and when they close out the trilogy, make a final trilogy... Uh, they will make it about her and that will probably be the finale. Like I said, until they reboot it a decade after that comes out. Because that's what Hollywood does. All right, Problematics, thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying Can't Cancel Rob Smith, please go on Apple Podcasts, download and subscribe and rate us with five stars. And, you know, leave a little review if you can. I, I really do like to read these reviews. I like to see what you guys are thinking. Um, good, great, bad. Otherwise, I have had some really good critiques from these reviews and things that I've worked on. So I do read them and I do listen to them. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rob Smith Online. And you can find Can't Cancel Rob Smith every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday on iHeart Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies. Hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.